Okay, welcome to the very first episode of So There's That, the podcast. You are listening to Good News by Mike Noah. Very much an I Spy vibe. It's a it's a rights-free piece of music from MelodyLoops.com. Has nothing to do with what this podcast is about, which is kind of how I roll. And I think every week we're going to try a different piece of music, hopefully that continues to have nothing to do with what this podcast is about. Uh, I am Didge. I'm your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur. This podcast, as I said, is So There's That. Uh, and It's about me, I guess. Uh, I'm transgendered, and I have found myself on a rather crazy journey the past eight or nine months past 40 years as well, but I think the past eight or nine months has been a lot more interesting. Uh, I've learned a lot about myself, uh, and I've learned a lot about what it means to be transgendered, what it means to, to get looked at a lot, because uh, <laughs> you don't necessarily fit in. Uh, but what I've also found is because I've come out to a lot of people, uh, I've learned how to talk about it. I've learned how to be comfortable talking about being transgendered sort of all the emotional parts, certainly the the physical components, the effects of hormones, uh, and the uh, what I like to call the mind-bogglingly stupid mistakes that I've made along the way. Uh, but, you know, I hope this podcast isn't just about being transgendered. Uh, I, I think that's probably the wrong direction to go. So, I have a lot of interest. I have a lot of varied interests, and uh, and hopefully we will get to those uh, storytelling, for instance, uh, the difference between a sequence of events and a story. I'm working with some writers uh, on an app right now, and that's sort of the big discussion point, and I, I find that utterly fascinating. Uh, we're also going to talk about food and cooking. I love to cook. I'm not necessarily a great cook, but I'm enthusiastic. Uh, we will not be talking about baking because I totally suck at baking. We will sooner or later get around to talking about cats. Uh, in fact, the cat may join us on the podcast at some point because no matter how many doors we shut, she seems to suddenly be staring at you during the midst of a podcast. I've also written a book on uh, a cat uh, I used to own. And I'm sure we will get to that. Uh, and I think we're also going to talk about obsessions in general, because I'm a very obsessed human being. One of them is Doctor Who. And I'm sure we will get deeply into Doctor Who. I've, I've actually seen every single episode of Doctor Who in chronological order. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and probably other cool stuff that uh, catches my fancy. Uh, we'll also, I'm sure, go off into a bunch of tangents, because uh, I am easily pulled into different directions. Uh, with that, let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante DiGiacomo. Hello. Uh, so, Dante, uh, you are gender fluid, correct? Yes. So, uh, I was wondering if, uh, if you can share with people listening to this podcast, all four of them, uh, what, it means, uh, what it means to you to be uh, gender fluid. Uh, for me, gender fluid has been the best of the terms to use. It doesn't quite fit exactly with what I am, but the idea of as days go by, what you identify as changing is very true to how I am. Some days 
I absolutely want to be perceived as female and wear the uh, female clothes and all that, but there's some days that, like, I couldn't do that. Like, not because I'm nervous, but because I just don't feel it. You're not feeling it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I, I'm transgendered, and I've gone through a lot of phases throughout my life. Uh, I started as a cross-dresser. We didn't have the term gender fluid. Uh, when you say that you want to be perceived, for me, you know, this is kind of a trendy topic right now, right? I mean, we, we've had Orange is New Black. We've had, uh, we've had Transparent. Uh, Bruce Jenner just came out. Uh, and so it's it's a topic that people are 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 kind of talking about, and I'm so hesitant to to say that I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. Uh, it, I, all I can say is it's just the direction I've been going in feels right, and transgendered feels like a nice umbrella term. It's interesting because you start as a guy, you start as a tomboy, certainly, and you find that you are comfortable internally with more and more female things, more and more feminine things. And so when I was younger, I, I termed myself cross-dresser and, and I didn't deal with any sort of gender identity issues. So you talk about being perceived as female, but you don't talk about feeling or being female, or do you? I, I tend not to talk about it because that's more of a... Like, that's how I feel at the time. It's not, it's how I, it be, whatever I wear, wearing makeup, wearing clothes doesn't change it. So to me, it's not about proving to myself, at least not anymore, that it's what's happening. It's just making it so I don't seem out of place. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I I cross-dressed the first time I cross-dressed. I was eight years old, which is uh, 41 years ago now. Uh, and I mean, I still remember vividly that experience. Uh, it, it was in the basement of a thrift shop uh, that my mom took me to. And she was upstairs. And, uh, and I used to go downstairs because there were comic books down there. And Conan comic books. And I remember vividly reading those uh and it was it was a kind of a wonderful time of being a child where you get to sit down and 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 read something uh incredibly violent <laughs> <laughs> i remember conan was was sort of stuck on this this sort of x-shaped crucifix and after having been captured and and was left for dead and and a vulture flew down uh and he he uh caught the the bird in his jaws and, and tore its throat out and i don't remember how he survived i think he tore the nails through his hands and then probably hunted the people down and killed them uh so <laughs> as i say tomboy yeah uh, <laughs> but there were there were girls clothes hanging down there and uh and i don't know why i tried it on but i did and it just it felt it felt so electric and I guess I didn't go up to show my mom because on some level I had to figure, I mean, this is, wow, this is 1973. Richard Nixon was still in the White House. And, but I remember telling a friend of mine, and I don't know, I must have been in second grade at this point. And I told a friend of mine how awesome this was. And so he came, I took him to this thrift shop 
And I asked him to to try on the dress because this was the most awesome thing in the world. And he did. And he freaked out. He totally freaked out and didn't want to do it. And I think it was at that point where I started to realize that this wasn't what other kids did. And certainly in the 70s, continuing in the 80s and 90s, guys weren't supposed to show any sort of feminine side it 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 meant you were queer it meant you were a fag um it meant there was something wrong with you and so you very quickly learned to hide that side and uh and it built it built a lot of shame in me that that i carried with for you know most of my life um so i don't know if you've sort of experienced any of those feelings or if as a millennial and it being a different time, I mean, you were born, what what year were you born? 1997. 1997. I should know that because I, I don't think I said this yet. Did I say this? No. Uh, Dante is, in fact, my non-gender specific offspring. Uh, and I didn't find out about, well, you didn't share with me your, your um, gender fluidity. Until a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, so how long had, had you been sort of dealing with this? I mean, it, it's it's weird in the way it went in my head. Um, the thought of cross-dressing and that, I'd probably say two, maybe three years. But it's a... That, that was with just active thought, with thinking back to things of of trying on clothes and all that, I actually remember instances of when I was, like, 11 or 12, so, like, six or seven years ago. Wow. Wow. So, I, I guess, for me, it was something where this is something I thought about every day. It was something that I grew up thinking there was something wrong with me. And, but I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know how to sort of stop those, those thoughts. And my parents traveled a lot. And so I was, and again, this is the seventies. It was kind of okay to leave your kid at home alone. Uh, and so I was able to kind of raid my mom's closet. I don't think she knows that. Uh, but yeah, I was able to raid her closet and kind of dress however I, whenever I wanted. And but I guess what stopped me, it wasn't so much that I didn't want to not dress up. It was more that I felt ashamed and and I was afraid of getting caught. And so you had to sort of pick your moments as to as to when you did dress up. Um. So it, when when was the first time you actually wore women's clothes? Jeez. Um, I, I can't think of a specific moment. I have little flashes of trying on shoes and and uh not as much uh dresses or, or any of those. I I for a long while it, I just occasionally try on shoes and stuff, but um a few years ago, I think two, three years ago, um I was at Hot Topic and I got a shirt and I hadn't realized it was a, 
a female shirt and uh i i got home and and saw that i had gotten the wrong type and and that was the first thing i had and i i enjoyed wearing it i never whenever i wore it i always wore like a jacket or sweater over it so no one could tell but it that was really awesome that was yeah two and a half years ago yeah uh so i came out to you what six months ago and it i have to admit was probably one of the hardest things i ever did in my life I mean, the first first step for me was was sort of accepting who I was. Uh, as part of that shame, I went through what are called purges. So you become so ashamed of your behavior. You think that there's something so wrong with you that you take this mini wardrobe that you've accumulated over the course of time and you get rid of it. You throw it in the garbage. You go to a dumpster at the mall and you get rid of it because I shall never dress like this again. There is something wrong with me. And then three or four months later, you find you start dressing again. And I equated it with smoking. You know, and, and oh, hey, I think the cat just joined us, even though we bolted the door. Apparently, my cat can't open bolted doors. And I got to a point where <laughs> I'm sorry, the cat has joined us. She was not supposed to be here. Uh, I literally had shut the door. And I know this is of very little interest to you, but this is of immense interest to us. Uh, Dante, can we uh, put a pause on this? And we're back. Uh, the cat has been bribed with food. The door has been rebolted, and hopefully that will be our last interruption for the day. For those of you who have never done a podcast before, uh, it is it is a wise move to bribe the cat ahead of time. Though anyone who has a cat knows that cats tend to outsmart you, especially when you're recording something. So I was equating cross-dressing uh, to smoking. And I did view it as a bad habit. I mean, I really did view that I was going to quit next month. I was going to quit next year. Certainly, by the time I got to age 40, that was unthinkable that a 40-year-old might be cross-dressing. So, as I said, six or seven months ago, eight months ago, whatever it was, it suddenly occurred to me that I had been cross-dressing for 40 years. I was 48 at the time. And maybe, just maybe, and I know this sounds ludicrous, but maybe this isn't a phase that I'm going through. That maybe this is a part of me. Maybe this is who I am. And it was at that moment that I had this epiphany that this is part of me. And I hearken back to the wonderful movie, All That Jazz, starring Roy Scheider, directed by Bob Fosse. 
And there's a subplot where Roy Scheider is editing this comedy film and they keep intercutting comedy routines about the five stages of death and dying, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. And in the movie, the actor stares up in the sky and screams, I accept. And I, being the movie buff that I am, stood in the living room of my house and stared up at the sky and hollered, I accept. This is who I am. And that instead of denying it, instead of bargaining, instead of going through all the stages of of death and dying, that I need to simply accept. And it was at that moment that I realized I needed to talk to someone about it. I'd only ever told two people. I told my girlfriend, future fiancé, future wife, future mom to you, Dante, and then future ex-wife. Because I didn't think it was fair to go into a relationship or to go into a marriage, more specifically, with a secret. And so, uh, and that's a podcast in and of itself. And I told uh, one of my best friends in the world who I went to college with, he came out to me as gay, I think in the 90s. And during the course of that conversation, I shared what my secret was. And we never really spoke of it again until until recently. But it was at this point when I realized I really needed to go see a therapist and and really sort through these things. And people may be going, well, why? Why didn't you see a therapist beforehand? I mean, this is something you've struggled with your entire life. And it was opening Pandora's box if you went to see a therapist. If you went to talk to someone about it, you were admitting it. You were accepting it. And because I didn't accept it, because I was going to quit next month, I didn't have to talk to anyone about it because this was going to go away. So, and let me tell you, it, sending that email to a couple of therapists to see who was going to be the right fit was terrifying because it meant I was jumping off the cliff. And the analogy I have in my head is not only did I jump off a cliff, but there were clouds such that I don't know where the hell I'm going to land. And so I sent that first email and I think it was the second therapist uh, who was up in New York and that was, again, absolutely terrifying. Uh, she was up on the 10th the floor. And I had to ride the elevator up. And it's, it's like you're, you're, you're taking an elevator to your own execution. And I'm so nervous. And so we got in there. And she was so nice and so supportive. And I, and Dante knows this about me, I babbled for 45 minutes, 42 minutes probably. And and it was so cathartic and it was so wonderful to to get things off my chest that I just 
had always wanted to talk about and never could. And that, and you know, as I said earlier, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is I'm thrilled to talk about these issues. I, I, I want to talk about it. And if people are interested and want to know more about it, I'm happy to, 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 to talk about it. But to me, the funniest moment was, was as we were wrapping up and, and she looks at me and she goes, well, you're clearly transgendered. There's no doubt about that. And on some level, that was really reassuring uh, that that I wasn't alone, that there was sort of a term for this. And anyway, this is an incredibly long way to get back to sort of the next step that I was going through. And, and I'll talk about the individual pieces, but the next big step for me was to start coming out to people. And Dante, you were sort of the first day I came out to probably five or six people in my first day because that's, that's how I roll uh, when I make my mind up after 40 years of being ashamed. And in my own view of being a coward, I, I decided I just didn't want to be a coward anymore. And this is who I am, and I'm going to share it with people, and we're going to let things play out as they may. And so after I'd come out to a whole bunch of people at work up in New York, I came home, and I decided I just I couldn't not tell you anymore because I was going to be in my own head, and you were going to think you had done something wrong, and I was all pissed off at you. And so I decided to tell you, and I remember sitting down on the couch telling you I had something to tell you, and I lost it. I lost it on the couch because I had this vision, and it wasn't about you. It was about me. I had this vision that you would never want to talk to me again, that I'm your dad, and that I had let you down and that sort of the social contract we have, I was failing you and that you would, you would decide to live full time with mom and, uh, and, and never talk to me again. And I, I lost it. I, I, I started sobbing and, and I finally pulled myself back together and I, told you what was going on in my life and the it was funny because i told you i am transgendered <laughs> and and dante just stared at me in no reaction complete blank face and i am sitting there going oh shit this is not going to end well. Like, that's not the reaction you want to have. So I start explaining, well, I'm still who I am. And I, I, this doesn't mean that I'm going to dress that way all the time and blah, 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 blah. And a minute goes by and there is just no reaction whatsoever. And it suddenly occurs to me that, that maybe, maybe, you don't know what I'm talking about. And so I, 
<laughs> I'll never forget this. I look at you and I go, do you know what the word transgendered means? And you very, without your face changing at all, you just very simply said, no. And I felt like the football team that had lost a game on a missed field goal and the other team is celebrating and you look down and there's a roughing the kicker flag on the field and you get to move 15 yards closer and you get to kick the the field goal again. And so I tried to kick the field goal again and and explain that, you know, I've cross-dressed for most of my life and I'm dealing with gender identity issues and I just don't want to hide this anymore. And and you were so wonderful because you saw the turmoil and the agony I was in and you said, stop, dad, stop. I am totally okay with this. And you were so supportive. But I'm curious, and this is actually the longest question in the history of mankind. <laughs> Did you almost tell me that you were gender fluid or whatever the words were that were in your head? Um, I want to say a few things beyond that um before you got home that day i had put on nail polish the day before um and had been wearing it for two days and before you got home i had started picking it off because i didn't want you to see it so uh as you were telling it to me i was still doing it and i was at a certain point nervously fidgeting about it because i was worried about what you're going to tell me i'm like is it cancer? And, and you specifically said it's not cancer. I'm like, oh, okay. Um. Yeah, that, that's that's actually something we'll, we'll talk about in future <laughs> podcasts. Uh, I, I almost called my blog uh, Not Gay, Not Dying of Cancer. Because when you're 48 <laughs> and you tell people, I have news, they don't think, well, maybe this person's going to come out as transgendered. They immediately go, oh, my God, you have cancer. You're going to die. Or you're gay. And it's not a big deal. Like, really, you're, that's your big news, is that you're gay. Like, really? Like, <laughs> come on, that's, like, yeah. I'm going to have a sandwich. I'm gay. Yeah. But, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, at the time, uh, I hadn't really come up with a term that was right for it. Um, we had watched a lot of Eddie's art, and I, I really loved that. And in my head, it was uh, transvestite. I noticed some people that's... An offensive term, apparently. Well, again, it depends upon this community. Clearly, we as a community, and this is my opinion. I'm 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 not speaking for anyone else. So let me just rephrase that and say, for me, there there is there are a lot of terms out there, and a lot of the terms just don't feel proper because they're terms from a long time ago. And they were derogatory terms. I know they're clinical terms, but gender dysphoria is is unhappiness about your gender. And and I think technically and clinically that's true, but it's sort of I'm unhappy about the situation that I'm in as opposed to sort of where I am now is gender euphoria. I'm very happy that I've had this epiphany and that I'm going through this. So transvestite was you pointed a person and you go, that person's a transvestite. And it was that person, there's something wrong with that person. So I think cross-dresser was sort of a softer term. Uh, and and so, yeah, it's, it's that 
the terminology is tough and and we'll talk about this at some point we'll probably run through a list of a litany <laughs> of all of these different terms most of which i don't actually know what they mean but i think it's this struggle to figure out what word actually identifies or encompasses these feelings and these experiences that i have but i, I mean i have to say that this is the funniest thing ever it does sound like a sitcom that i'm terrified to come out to you as to what you're going to think about me and two hours before you're peeling off nail polish because you're terrified at how i'm going to react to what you're doing with your life and you can almost see the split screen of the two of us juxtaposed <laughs> and sort of pulling ourselves out of this life so that we can present ourselves in a more manly and socially acceptable kind of way. Yeah. The, the reason I did, I mean, I absolutely had thoughts of, oh, well, I, I could tell him now. But like you said, with going to a therapist, I didn't want to open the box. You would be the first one. I wasn't ready to do it yet. So I just uh i knew that i'd be supportive because i to a certain extent knew what you were going through not the same but a similar type of thing so i don't think i could have come out then um well that was a cry fest that night <laughs> that was certainly a cry fest and that would have been even more of a cry fest but to a certain extent i i kind of appreciate it because it got to be my night and and you came out to me while we were driving yeah and that got to be your day <laughs> yeah that got to be your day and and it's funny because i now get to dump clothes on you <laughs> and things that are no longer sort of age appropriate for me i get to i get to pass along to you well, i think this is probably a, a good point to wrap up our first podcast. Uh, let me kind of get through some thank yous. I'd like to thank MeldyLoops.com for that awesome theme music we had in the beginning. I think, Dante, you're going to be uh, selecting new theme music from them every week, right? Yep, and it'll be a surprise for you. So, yeah, I expect uh, probably a lot of laughter from me because I think we're going to go for the, for the ridiculous. Um, I also want to thank you, the listener, uh, all four of you, for listening to this podcast. Uh, please share the word far and wide. I uh, would like to get to 10 listeners pretty soon. I think that would be, uh, I think that'd be a great, great goal. Uh, let me also say, I, I have a blog at adventuresintransgendering.com where I sort of detail in chronological order when I had this epiphany, when I said, I accept, I, I write in detail what I went through each day. The blog is horribly behind I think uh, I'm up to about 45 days right now, but it's it's very cathartic for me to write, and I think you'll see probably a different view, uh, though it is written in sort of a conversational style. So uh, please check out the blog. Uh, a lot of people enjoy it. Uh, it, it, it. I think it answers a lot of questions about what it's like being transgendered. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we just created a Facebook fan page. I don't have a URL for it, so you're going to have to do a search on So There's That, Adventures in Transgendering, and you will see a really cool image, which is a, um, it's an hourglass, 
Uh, and the uh, the artist is Hungry Tenor. His name's Henry, but his username is Hungry Tenor. If you can check him out at redbubble.com, he has some really amazing designs. But this image really, really spoke to me because it's a picture of a of a girl at the top, and then the sands form into the bottom of a woman. And it's the concept, and we'll talk about this, believe me, ad nauseum. It's a concept from Doctor Who, The Girl Who Waited. And when I saw this, it just spoke to me because I do feel like uh, the girl who waited. Uh, and I guess I'd like to wrap. Thank you, Dante. Uh, this has been a joy uh, to to do a podcast uh, with my own offspring. <laughs> uh, and let me let me brag, actually, for a moment. Uh, Dante got recently got accepted to Maryland Institute College of Art, and he's going to be starting in a couple of months, uh, up in Baltimore. And so I'm very excited. I'm very proud of you. Uh, but uh, you were telling me that you like that you like sound design. So you're not just putting up with a crazy parent. You, you're <laughs> actually enjoying this, right? You're yeah. actually enjoying not only the talking, but the, well, when I let you get a word in edgewise. But uh, you also enjoy the sound design, right? Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to editing this and, and making it sound nice. <laughs> Well, great. Well, look, thank you again. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Mike Noah from MelodyLoops.com. Play us out. Mm -hmm.